Hey, this is Peter Danklesen, and you're listening to Wild Man and Steve. You are about to listen to the intersection of faith, talk, and music. The Wild Man and Steve show starts right now. today sir i'm doing great wild man how are you doing i am fantastic it's another day it's not another dollar it's another show <laughs> you understand? now that that's one of the things because you know i mean what we do you know there's not much dollars and cents <laughs> there's not much sense in a lot of the things we do but you know not a dollar. it's another another day another show so you know i always put you on the spot on ways to open how to open a show what's the best way this experimentation. I thought that tonight, because we always, one of the things we do, ladies and gentlemen, here at Wild Man and Steve Enterprises, um, is we love to engage the people who listen to us, right? We do. We do. To connect with them. That's why we have our Twitter account, ladies and gentlemen, at Wild Man and Steve. So I ask you during this show, if you are listening to us, in fact, I'm going to demand it, Steve. I'm going to demand it. Okay. Demand you it. Need to comment right now, tweet at Wildman and Steve or hashtag Wildman and Steve, uh, comment about our show. Even if it's just an emoji and hopefully it's an appropriate emoji, um, just go ahead and comment. But in, in order to um, engage the our followers of this show, because ladies and gentlemen, this is Metal Talk with Wildman and Steve. We're gonna be playing great music later on. This is when we talk a lot. We have the tweet of the week coming up. We have what the fuzz is about. I mean, this is a great show, but for the opening, for the experimentation, we sent out a photo. This photo was a photo of us. Do you remember this photo, Steve? I do. I remember it very well. It was from last summer. Yes. We looked pretty young and chipper in this uh, photo, didn't we? We did. I, and I, I can't believe how much you have aged in a year. <laughs> well, that's why That's why every time we do the show now, what are we doing? We're wearing these hats, right? <laughs> you know? I wear it to cover up the gray. You wear it to cover uh, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll go on. So anyway, many people, um, uh, se several people responded with the caption idea for this photo. We asked for captions and we promised that they would get a shout out. So I want to ask you, Steve, which one? of the captions are you going to call out today that you will say was the best of all the captions that they sent back to us this weekend as a matter of fact this happened yeah, this we had some great, yeah. yeah we had some great captions i got to give the shout out though to uh somebody who goes by the name long live rock and roll now that's not their actual twitter handle the twitter handle is at wrench that's w-r-e-n-c-h at wrench swinger zero six uh but their name is long live rock and roll and this person's caption to our, our picture was what do you mean at striper is putting out a disco album and and i thought that was a great caption it fit the the facial expressions for you and me uh, our body language at that moment and, and if you look deeply into that picture, I think you could see a hint of excitement in our faces, which indeed there would be if Striper put out a disco album. <laughs> now, now, okay, let's just take that. Now, that, that was a great caption, by the way. That, he fit the, everything. Um, so could, tell me again, what would be your reaction if, in fact, that took place? If, in fact, Striper put out a, a, a disco album? Exactly, yes. Uh, my reaction would be to, to pre-order the very moment pre-orders were available. 
Uh, I would probably want it on every available format. And while I was waiting for the actual drop date, so knowing that my pre-order had already been processed, right. while I was waiting for the drop date, I would go over to Goodwill or some store that sells vintage clothing, uh, and I would be looking for a pair of, of, of bell bottoms mm -hmm. and maybe some platform shoes so that I would be ready for the Striper Disco album. Wow. Now, are you telling me and our followers and listeners and fans, those are all three separate categories, by the way, <laughs> followers, listeners, and fans, are you <laughs> telling us today, Steve, that you are in fact a disco fan? You know, I'm going to tell you guys that, that, that I can absolutely boogie-oogie-oogie all night long. Wow. I, I, in fact, I will tell you, I'm saddened by the fact that I do not actually own at this moment in my wardrobe bell bottoms or platform shoes. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, I'm waiting for the old uh, point down to the left and up to the right. I want to see Steve. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, he's doing it. He's doing it. Oh, folks, if you're watching by video, you know what to do. If you're watching by audio, you can thank God. Um, but <laughs> anyway. Know, Wild man, yes, you, you, you can tell by the way I use my Bible, I'm a Christian man. There you go, <laughs> <laughs> which leads me to the next question, Steve. And by the way, once again, I want to remind everybody, ladies and gentlemen, I know that right now you're like, What are they doing? What's their time? Music is on the way, okay? Just relax, relax, it's coming. But I, another question you, that that kind of led me to an impromptu question that wasn't planned. So what album, you're a huge Striper fan, we all know that, okay? I am too, but probably not as big as you. You're, you're a big Striper fan. What album could they come out with that you would just say, I am not going to buy that? Uh, I think if they did an album of music based around the pan flute, I might be... Um, not as no actually that's not true if striper came out with it i'm gonna buy it i don't care i, I listen i don't care if we're talking zydeco i don't care if we're talking polka uh i, I ser seriously hey uh, gentlemen i gotta say this and everybody who follows us knows what i'm about ready to say okay let me put it out there hip-hop Ooh. <laughs> You, oh, oh, my friend drew a line. You drew a line in the sand there. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I can appreciate. You, 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 you missed that best response. You should have just said, "I thought we were talking about music." <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I was actually getting ready to say, I can appreciate some good hip hop. I really can. Hmm. I can appreciate some good hip hop. I'm not sure that that is exactly in Striper's wheelhouse. I'm just going to put that okay. out there. Ladies and gentlemen, right yeah. now, tweet us right now at Wildman and Steve, hashtag Wildman and Steve, and tell us, rate that opening of our program between one and 10. Just put the number, hashtag, we'll know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, one being the, 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 the worst and 10 being the best, right? Okay. Moving right along, now that we've got that out of the way, and now that we have so many people all over the world now checking in and listening to us because that's what they wait for. It's that intro that people wait for. It's kind of like uh, CSI Miami. If you ever watched that, Horatio Kane, he always had the sunglasses. And before they did the theme song, he always put the shades on. But <laughs> the one that sticks out in my mind is they're in the courtroom at the very beginning, and the judge makes the order, and then Horatio Kane says, looks to his assistant, and he says, this isn't over. And he says, but, uh, but the, the verdict is in. And he goes, the verdict is in. He puts his shades on, but the jury's still out. <laughs> And then the song, theme song starts right then, right? I used to watch that show only just to get to the just that opening line. Then I wouldn't even watch the rest of the show. Just wow. to get Horatio Kane, right? So that's why people listen to Wild Man and Steve. It's the intro. Without the intro, we wouldn't have any listeners. We wouldn't have any followers. I, I, I'm, I'm going to challenge you on that. 
Oh. I'm going to challenge you, wild man. Okay, go ahead, challenge. Challenge all the way. I, I think some people also listen to the Wild Man and Steve show because they want to hear about their Messiah, Jesus Christ. Okay, that's not really a challenge. I, that's, I would agree with you on that. They do. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear some great music, here is R.S. Rendon with Messiah. Listening to Metal Talk with Wild Man and Steve. Standing on the edge, looking into darkness, can I find my way? Brings me back to you. I can't understand. rsrendon.com ladies and gentlemen if you want to check him out um just uh, you know i like the message i like the sound i love the guitar um just a great all-around musician yeah and you know he fits our show his music fits our show i think really well uh and that song in particular there's there's a kind of a heavy chugging sound uh especially at the beginning it's it's, it's got a, a good hard rock sound I would encourage everybody, though, to check out the rest of his stuff. We're going to play a couple more songs of his throughout this episode. Check out some of his other stuff as well. It it hits a real button for me. There's a really nice 70s groove in a lot of his stuff. And, and I think the selections we're playing tonight are going to have, or in this episode, are going to have more of an 80s feel, more of a, a hard rock metal feel. So if you enjoy that, that's great. He obviously does that well. 
but he also does a nice 70s classic rock vibe. So check that out. Uh, but yeah, R.S. Rendon, good stuff. Yep, very good. Absolutely. Great music, great message. And that's what we like here at the Wild Man and Steve Show. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time now for the Tweet of the Week. So Tweet of the Week is coming to us from Jeremy Wayne Tate. And his Twitter handle is at Jeremy Tate, that's T-A-T-E, at Jeremy Tate 41. 41. And this is actually a reply tweet that Jeremy sent out. Somebody had tweeted out the question, what is the purpose of education? And Jeremy had tweeted, Jeremy's a Christian, and but he had tweeted to teach us to love what is beautiful, which is a quotation attributed to Plato. And so I like that for a number of reasons. I liked it because um, it's classical. Uh, as a Latin teacher and, and classicist, I, I enjoy any classical references there, obviously, to Plato, education, of course. But to teach us to love what is beautiful. And very often we'll talk about the true, the good, and the beautiful. And I think that captures so much. What is beautiful? Well, Ultimately, you've got to look to God for that, because as the maker of all things, right, this is this is the Lord who breathed, who spoke creation into existence. Uh, and that, that that's everything from, you know, the, the crab nebula to crabs along the beach to snowflakes to butterflies to red and white blood cells to oak tree leaves to human beings. And so to teach us to love what is beautiful, Plato didn't fully understand living before, before the time of Christ, all that he might've really been indicating there. But when you love what is truly beautiful, you are going to be in contact with the God of the universe, uh, who, is, who is most fully represented in Jesus Christ. And then along with that, I have to say, someone had replied to Jeremy's tweet in answering to that question, you know, what is the purpose of education? Somebody had quoted uh, 2 Timothy, uh, you know, study uh, so you can present yourself approved unto God, a workman who needs not to be ashamed. Um, and the old King James has it rightly dividing the word of truth. And so I think there's, there's you tie those things together there. Uh, some people will think, oh, well, Bible study, you know, that's just dry. It's just uh, you know, something I have to do, something you Christians do, it's not really exciting. I would say no to that. If you are really getting into the word of truth, you're going to encounter the beautiful. You're going to encounter the magnificent, the wonderful, the amazing, the fantastic, the glorious. And if you have not encountered that in your educational studies in general and your Bible study in particular, uh, then I would encourage you to keep pursuing and uh, maybe talk with some other folks. Or again, really seriously, folks, reach out to us. We're happy. Um, you know, we, we talk a lot of funny stuff on the show. We talk music and so forth. But reach out to us, uh, info at wildmanandsteve.com. Just shoot us an email. If you, you're saying, you know what, I've read the Bible. I'm not picking up on what you're talking about that's so beautiful or wonderful or or, or just even in my studies of life or school or whatever, I'm not picking up on what's really so beautiful there. Uh, shoot us an email and we'll be happy to walk with you through that and help you to discover some of the beauty and the wonder of true knowledge, which of course is knowledge of God. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I think about the journey too, that as we're following Christ, uh, like, we, like for example, like if we were to talk about true beauty or what is beautiful, um, I would go back to the Garden of Eden before sure. the fall. That's true sure. beauty. And I tend to fall on the side that, according to Scripture and elsewhere, we don't really know, we've never really seen true beauty because yeah. of that, because of the fall. I mean, we've seen things that are close and what the best that we can come up with, but just imagine what God's dream was before the fall of man, um, what beauty that there was. So an encounter that we have with his word then 
is taking us on that journey to bring us to reveal that true beauty to us. Well, think about what Paul said, right? He says, you know, now, how do we see things? He said, it's like looking through a glass darkly, right? Right now we have intonations of beauty. Mm -hmm. We have hints and suggestions of beauty. And thank, thank God, literally thank God for that. I'm grateful for sunsets and I'm grateful for, uh, you know, a, a morning sunrise reflecting off the, the lapping waves of the ocean and things that, that awaken something in my heart and my soul. And then to think all that that I think is so beautiful and wonderful, man, that's just a hint. Yeah. That's just an intimation of, yeah. of the real thing that we will get to experience one day then when we know even as we are known. So, yeah, that, that's a great comment. Yeah, I, I would also add to that the you you mentioned about the Bible study, Bible study being boring, and I've also heard people say that about the original languages. You and I have talked about this. You know, the whole idea of people think you know they they scoff at the idea of getting into the Hebrew or getting into the Greek. You know, why why should we have to do that? Spiros Zodiades, the Greek uh, theologian, made the statement that he was convinced that God waited until the Greek language was the most popular language. And that is when God had the New Testament written because of the beauty of the Greek language. Yes. And that tells me that if that's true, let's just go with the idea that that's true, then, man, there's, if, if I'm getting into the Greek, and as you say, it's boring, and it's, it's going to be a struggle trying to understand what, what does this mean, but... There's something amazing about it, folks. If you stick with it and you study it and you continue to, it's going to, like a friend of mine used the term, it's going to unlock. And you're, it's going to start unlocking. And you're going to start seeing things that you didn't realize were in the scripture. Well, I'm going to say something that's, that's going to be kind of a bold statement. And I hope you're okay with this. And, and if not, then, you know, so what? Right? I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> I could te- I could tear up our contract right now. <laughs> tear up our contract right now. Here's the thing. Never have there been more opportunities to learn anything in, in a, a, the widest possible variety of ways. Folks, if you are finding that something is difficult or boring or uninteresting to you, then find another teacher. Look, there are so many videos out there on the Internet. There's so many resources out there. I'm here to tell you right now. You may say, well, goodness, Bible study, that uh, I'm not sure about that. You're talking about Greek stuff. Oh, I, I was never good with languages in school. You know what? You may just not have found the right teacher yet. Because I will tell you, there, there, is, there is actually interesting, fascinating, exciting, amusing, entertaining, uh, uh, enlivening things that you can find in the study of words or geography, or history, and especially as it relates to the Bible. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got somebody that is putting you to sleep, no offense, find somebody else. Mm -hmm. Find somebody. There's so many resources out there. Don't just stick with one thing and then write the whole thing off and say, well, this particular, you know, video I was listening to or this particular podcast or whatever, I kind of bored me. Oh, come on. You know better than that. You, you, everybody out there is savvy enough right now. We're all finding different resources. So find something else that really connects. Because I'm telling you, there, there is so much life in the Word of God. And if you do get into the, the deeper study, exactly what you were saying, say with the Greek language or Hebrew or whatever, uh, it's there. It's there. So find a teacher that can really bring that out. Yeah. And you've probably met those too as well, Steve, the ones that when it comes down to it, it may be that they don't want to go deeper, maybe because they might be a little scared. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, especially for adults, I think it, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Here's my, here's my suggestion. Folks, have no fear. When it comes to studying the Word of God, when it comes to following Jesus, no fear. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, here is R.S. Rendon with No Fear, as Mr. Segway strikes again. Metal talk, wild man Fear of laughing, fear of crying, no emotion at all. 
spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God but every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God this is the spirit of the Antichrist which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world fear great song again great sound um i the part of the song i liked about this the most uh, for the no fear the idea of it's all in your mind yeah and when he made that statement i, I remember thinking about that because years ago i i i uh came to the conclusion that you know they talk about what is it 97 98 of whatever you worry about never really happens you know that type of thing um and that um basically for the most part fear isn't real in the, in that sense of scared to death, whatever. Um, it's, 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 it's not in reality. It's, it's, it's in your mind. And I, I find that, I find that just a profound statement when he says it's in your mind. Well, and you think about, you know, every once in a while, I, I do enjoy reading about or thinking about uh, the great martyrs of our faith, those who have suffered even unto death, um, and, and the incredible sacrifice that they made. And, and let's not forget that is still happening today. People are still being tortured. People are still being killed. People are still suffering for the faith uh, of Jesus Christ. So how do they do that? Right? How do they face that? How do they face the lions in the Colosseum? How do they face uh, persecution today? And one of the things is to realize, what are you going to do to me? Mm-hmm. All right? I, I, I own... I own a spot with my father in heaven. Thanks to Jesus Christ. Uh, I've been given the right to eternal, to have eternal life with him. What are you going to do? What's the worst thing you can do to me? Kill me. Okay. Right. And so you realize that a relationship with Jesus, exactly. 
drives that false fear out of the mind uh, and really allows us to have a great, bold confidence going forward into life, come what may. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, I've, I've got a question for you. you. You like to put me on the spot, okay? And, and, and our fans are getting used to that. And quite frankly, I'm getting used to it. But now it's time for me to ask you a question, sir. And my question for you is simply this. What's all the fuzz about? Hey, what's the fuzz all about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because, ladies and gentlemen, this is the part of the show where we talk about the history of, of the guitar and what it has meant to our lives. So I want to share something that was brand new to me, probably brand new to at least some, most, if not all of our listeners and followers, concerning the instrument of the guitar. This comes from Marshall.com. You know, the Marshall mm -hmm. Stacks, Marshall Amps, so forth. They have a section called Guitar Heroes. Sister Rosetta Tharp. Oh, yes. Yes. I want, just listen to this. Listen, this is just powerful stuff. Ooh. Famously labeled the godmother of rock and roll. And for good reason. Sister Rosetta Tharp inspired many other legendary guitarists. She made an enormous impact on the guitar world with her musical contributions, combining gospel lyricism with upbeat rhythmic swing, creating an early version of rock and roll. Yes. In this article, we look into her musical history, playing style, and the gear she used to create her signature sound. Now, this is just, it's just a few paragraphs of the history here that I wanted to read tonight. So she's born in Arkansas in 1915. Sister Rosetta Tharp was a daughter to two cotton pickers. Her father was a singer, while her mother was a singer and a mandolin player. She was also a women's speaker at a local church. With her mother's encouragement, Tharp began playing guitar at age four and by age six was performing in a traveling evangelical troupe. Throughout her teenage years, she performed regularly and was considered a musical prodigy. At age 23, Tharp first began to record her music. At her first sessions, she recorded four tracks, including Rock Me, which inspired the likes of Elvis Presley, Little Richard, and Jerry Lee Lewis. From here, Tharp's fame began to grow, leading to performances with Cab Calloway, Sammy Price, Muddy Waters, and moreover, her career. Tharp's performing career saw her make a name for herself in the gospel, jazz, and early rock and roll communities. She performed well into the 1970s, including a now iconic show in 1964, which saw Tharp performing in Manchester on the side of a train platform with yes. the audience seated on the other side. Yes. Ladies yes. and gentlemen, you can find this on YouTube. Yes. Unfortunately, Tharp passed away in 1973, but has been um, inducted into the Blues Hall of Fame. January 11th, she was declared, they, uh, was declared Sister Rosetta Tharp Day in Pennsylvania. So the playing style and gear used, this is what I wanted to get at for what's the fuzz about. Tharp was involved with the very inception of rock and roll. She was later quoted saying, and I love these, this quote, I love this quote, oh, these kids and rock and roll, this is just sped up rhythm and blues, I've been doing that forever. Yeah. Rock and roll was nothing new to her. Her playing style was revolutionary and inspired almost every modern guitarist in their rock and blues style. She played fast in minor pentatonic shapes. A common Rosetta Tharp sound would be to do multiple slides up in a phrase, sliding into the shape from the first fret. Tharp played a few different guitars, but is most famously known for playing the Gibson Les Paul SG in white with three low output style humbuckers. She was one of the first, one of the first to effectively use an overdriven sound. Now, for the non-guitarists out there that may not know this, the overdriven sound, that's the overdrive, so it's the distorted sound on the guitar. So basically you have the clean sound versus the distorted sound. So she was one of the first to effectively use an overdriven sound, and this is how she did it. 
by turning her small valve amp up as much as possible, and no pedals were used due to them not existing at the time. Tharp's playing style was all about the power, charisma, and confidence, and the tone was very much in her fingers for the most part. Now, the reason I wanted to include that with what is all the fuzz about tonight is because number one, um, a, a couple weeks ago, I sent out, I, I tweeted out um, uh, who was the first one to uh, do distortion. And so I got mm -hmm. a lot of responses. No one guessed her, right? But this article, according to Marshall, she was at least yeah. one of the very first just because she cranked it up. I liked the quote with uh, the whole idea of rock and roll. That tells me that that goes back to the idea there's nothing new under the sun kind of a thing yeah. where she's like, oh, these kids doing rock and roll. It's nothing but this. I've already done it. But along with that, I mean, first of all, she should be praised as an African-American woman who came out of a very difficult time of her, her parents being cotton pickers. And she was able to move out of that and playing a Gibson SG. Um, yeah. And what she was able to do, what she was able to accomplish, was what I think is amazing. But that also goes to say, um, we hear... And we talk about it on the show a lot, uh, guitarists, famous musicians. We have famous musicians we interview. We have the uh, Christian ones we interview. We've interviewed the secular ones. We have the secular ones we like, the, you know, all the different artists that we appreciate. Um, you have guys like Eddie Van Halen, Joe Satriani, um, you know, uh, Jeff Beck, um, all of the incredible guitarists that we have heard over the years that have made the guitar what it is. Um, I am saying I'm suggesting tonight she needs to be included in the conversation a lot more. Absolutely. And I also would like to just put it out there, which I'm sure you have some thoughts on this, Steve, is that this is just kind of the way it goes, isn't it? That the guys that the people that get the limelight, the spotlight are great. No, I mean, yeah, there's usually they're great. But for every one of them, how many Tharps are there? Right. that are not in the conversation. Um, I think I mentioned to you before, Steve, I was at the Grand Central Station in New York City back in the 80s, and there was a guy there um, with a hat playing the guitar when I walked by, and I mean, just a phenomenal guitarist. And all I could think of was, why hasn't anybody signed this guy? Yeah. So life in general, being an artist, music, everything, tends to fall back on being in the right place at the right time. So I say that to say this. If you're an independent artist, you haven't been signed, guess what? You are still making a huge impact on the music industry, and there are many people you're going to influence, whether you realize it or not. Here's Tharp, who, who influenced Elvis Presley. What else do you have to say, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as soon as you said sister Roe, and I don't even know if you've gotten to, to Rosetta immediately. I knew who you were talking about. Uh, folks go check out. Didn't it rain or this train, those two tracks right there, millions of views on YouTube, go check them out right now. And, you know, look, we, we've said this before, but, but serious, serious music lovers, uh, check out the roots stuff. Check out that foundational stuff. And, and sometimes, let's be honest, people our age, we kind of will sometimes bash technology and, and so forth. But there's obviously a lot of great stuff that's come out of technology. And one of the things about YouTube uh, or, or the other video channels, you can find historic performances, mm -hmm. uh, archival footage of, of these people. And, and the serious musicians, those that do have the spotlight, like you were talking about, well, very often, pay homage, give recognition to those people that were the inspiration for them, the foundation for them. Listen to those interviews, read those interviews on the websites, the music magazines, and then go check out that root stuff. Go check that stuff out. You will be blown away. and It, it might even open you up to whole new avenues of music you didn't even know existed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially with blues. Uh, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, Sister Rosetta Tharp can't, can't, can't beat her. Yeah. Awesome. So to, to tie this discussion in with theology for a moment, and I know many might be thinking, how does this go with theology? I remember sitting in 
uh, church history class in college. We're going over the Reformation and learning about all these people leading up to the Reformation with Martin Luther. All these people that I, I'd never heard of my whole life growing up in the church, but I, I heard, I knew Luther's name. I didn't know anybody else's. So <laughs> I remember going up to my professor and saying, so why is it that I've only heard Luther and I've never heard of these other guys? And his response was, and I'm paraphrasing, this is a long time ago, but his response was something to the effect of, well, it's just a matter of anything else in life. People pick and choose what they want to promote. And it, it, th that is so powerful because the same thing happens in the church world. Yes. Same things happen when, you know, preachers get praised because they're, they're this or they're that. Um, uh, you've probably heard the story before. Billy Graham always referred to it, Mordecai Ham, about how no one's probably ever heard of Mordecai Ham, but any, every, many people have heard of Billy Graham. Well, Mordecai Ham was the guy preaching when Billy Graham got saved, right? So that... Right. So I guess the biggest uh, application lesson to take from this discussion is that if you don't feel like you're being effective enough because you're comparing yourself to others, it doesn't matter because you are being as effective as you need to be where you are. Well, you know, you're talking about you're just, you know, Martin Luther and where, where are all these other people. I think for a lot of folks, you know, who, who are reading the Bible, they're reading, there's Acts chapter two, there's the birth of the church, right? You got Peter, you got Paul, you got the boys. And then there is the 21st century church that you attend on the weekend. As if nothing happened for 2000 years between the New Testament and your church. Right. Yeah. Guess what? 2,000 years of human existence, 2,000 years of the gospel of Jesus Christ being taught and preached, and 2,000 years of theology being developed out of Scripture and the way you think about things today, that came from somebody. Yeah. And so to discover, and for me, it wasn't until I was in graduate school and and uh, church I was going to and start talking to some people and you know I, I find out about these people that generally referred to as the church fathers and, and while I'd heard of Augustine some people pronounce his name Augustine man I hadn't heard of Tertullian I hadn't heard of of Chrysostom I hadn't heard of Gregory Nazianzen uh, or, or Gregory of Nyssa uh, I hadn't heard of any of these guys and suddenly I'm going, where were these? How come I didn't know about this stuff? Yeah. And I discovered that. And then right on down through the, through the centuries, um, and, and we'll run to the local bookstore and, and you know, maybe read, you know, we've, we've had Elisa Childers on the show, you know, read Elisa Childers' newest book, right, or, or, or some other contemporary author. Well, what about all these other folks as well who have written really valuable stuff that could help us grow in our faith? So, oh my goodness, yes. Check into that stuff. Absolutely. And it's amazing because it just makes me wonder. Um, let's just say, let's just throw a number out there. 50 years from now, 50 years from now, uh, 2071, right? Who's going to discover and say, wow, this show influenced a lot of my life. And I never even heard of Wild Man and Steve. Who's going to say that? You know, um, God willing. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> you, know, you, know what? you know what? We will be saying it because, ladies and gentlemen, we're making the commitment right now. We will still be doing the show. In 2071? Yes, in 2071. Absolutely. Absolutely. 2071. You know, in all seriousness, though, don't you think Wild Man... The main goal of this show, don't you want somebody to come away from this show saying, you know what, after listening to those guys, I just I feel just like I was made alive by the music and made alive by the gospel of Jesus. Don't you think that's what our real goal is here? I, I would agree with that, ladies and gentlemen. Here, Once again, here is R.S. Rendon with Made Alive. Metal Talk with Wild Man and Steve.
know if you made it or not but i mean i don't know if you would use that term that you made it um oh i, I made it i want to maybe is that the, what you want to survive listen, listen 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 i i am absolutely geeking out over the fact that in one show we played some music that's got a classic rock field and we were able to make a reference to sister rosetta tharp and St. John Chrysostom. Now, I want to tell you something, brother. I don't think there's another podcast on the internet that has brought those words or those people together in the same episode. Yes, we are known for something. Yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, right now, right now, as we told you at the beginning, we're telling you here at the end, tweet right now at Wildman and Steve, hashtag I survived. Okay, that way we will know you listen to the entire episode, you know, and you just didn't download it, you didn't, but you survived. There it is right there at Wildman and Steve, hashtag I survived. Do it right now. Now, if you do not, if you are still listening and you don't do it, Steve's going to explain the consequences right now. 
Well, here's the deal, folks. If you don't tweet, I survived, or put that out on social media, okay, actually, nothing is going to happen to you, but, but it will make us very sad. And do you really want to make Wild Man and Steve sad? I don't think so. Yeah, and you know what would happen if we were sad? Our show would not be the same if we were sad. No. I mean, we would we would be getting choked up every 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 second. It would just. I'm sorry, Steve. I I don't know if I can go on any longer. Right? That's. that's I know. It'd be, it'd be like sending the clowns. Yes, it would. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thanks, everybody. Check us out at wildmanandsteve.com. <laughs>